I'm excited today uh, with this message because this is one of those messages that, that's a life message for me. Uh, it's, a, it's in my wheelhouse. It's something that I love talking about. I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of God. And so I think it's really fitting that we're coming out of a series where I spent some time talking about the body of Christ. And now we're going to be talking about the purpose of the body of Christ. And the purpose of the body of Christ is to build and set up the kingdom of God. Did you know it's not our plan just to build a big church? That's not our goal. That's not God's goal for the church is just to get a whole bunch of people together. God's plan is for the church to get together to help set up and build his kingdom. We are kingdom people. And over the next year, if you wanted to know a vision for 2021, we're going to be talking a lot about the kingdom of God and how we can help build his kingdom. Hey, get your service guides out today if you don't have them. I want to encourage you, when you come in, if someone doesn't give you one of those, get one. We spend a lot of time and money on those, and uh, we, we want you to take advantage of those. So get those out. Your scriptures are going to be in there. There's going to be some fill-in-the-blanks for you today. But right off the bat, I want to... I want to quote one of the lyrics from that song that Handel wrote, the kingdoms of this world, and this is in your handout, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Did you know this is not just a song lyric? This is a scripture. This comes from John's vision of heaven, and he, he writes this in Revelations 11 and 15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever more. The kingdom of Jesus Christ will reign forever. Do you know that every kingdom has a king, and the king over this kingdom is Jesus. And the scripture tells us that all kingdoms are his. Everybody say all. I want to give you a spoiler alert. How many of you hate a spoiler when someone you're going to read a, read a book or watch a movie and somebody tells you something about it? Raise your hand if you can't stand it. Hashtag spoiler alert because I'm about to give you one. I read the back of the book and he wins. He wins. And if he wins, whoever is with him wins as well. I don't know about you, but I'm happy I'm with him because that means we win. That'll keep you going on these days when things look dark and despondent and depressed. If you can just look ahead and go, this is not just about today or tomorrow and next week. At the end of this thing, we win. Come on, I'm going to preach early today, okay? In the Bible, you will find three kingdoms. Write these down. They're in your notes. In the Bible, you will find three different kingdoms. Number one, there's the kingdom of earth. Secondly, there's the kingdom of heaven. And third, there's the kingdom of God. You'll hear these, these spoken about all through the Bible, the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of God. Let me show you where these start. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. Stop right there. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, there was one kingdom, and that was the kingdom of God, because it was just him. He ruled and reigned supreme. But then look at the next phrase. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And suddenly, 
there are two other kingdoms, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of earth. Over the next year, I'm going to be breaking a lot of that down and talking through why sometimes you can't get prayers answered and why sometimes you battle with darkness that you don't understand. It's because you're dealing with a kingdom that you don't comprehend. And we're going to talk about that over the next year. How many like to hear more about that? The kingdom, the kingdom. The word kingdom means the king's domain. It means that's where he rules and where he reigns. Write that down. The word kingdom means the king's domain. So let's talk about the kings and the rulers of these three kingdoms. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God gave man dominion over the earth. Look at Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. What does it say next? Come on, those of you at home, what does it say? Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created the earth. He placed man in the earth, and God gave man the role of ruling the physical world. God gave man the role of ruling the physical world as God's steward and as God's ambassador. So here you go. The earth is yours. Now I'm going to come down. I'm going to come down in the cool of the garden and I'm going to check on you. I'm going to see how you're doing things. Adam and Eve, remember, we're in a, this is a partnership together. And as long as you do things the way we're supposed to be doing it, we're going to rule this thing together. How many of you know, though, that man did not do what man was supposed to do? How many have ever thought to yourself, man, I wish I would have been Adam. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> yeah, you would have. 99.9%, yes, you would have. And so because Adam and Eve did not do what God asked him to do, when man sinned, this is in your notes, he relinquished his role of ruling to Satan. And so Satan took charge. Satan took the dominion that man was supposed to have over the earth, and Satan took it multiple times. And now people get a little awkward about this when I start talking about this because they don't, you don't want to give Satan anything, but I want you to read it, okay? Multiple times in the Bible, Satan is, to ref, is referred to as the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. How many of you do not like saying Satan is the God of this world? Raise your hand if that just irks you. Does that bother you? It does me too. How much more do you think it bothers God? When it says the God of this world, that does not mean he has ultimate authority. What it means is that Satan rules over the unbelieving world in a specific way. He rules in a devil way, or should I say he rules in a worldly way. So if you live your life in a worldly way, guess who you're operating in cahoots with? 1 John 5 and 19, we know that we are children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. You see, unbelievers, either wittingly or unwittingly, are a part of the earthly kingdom. And they're under Satan's rule. An unbeliever follows Satan's agenda. How many look back on your life when you were not a believer in God? Would you, see, would you say that you were following Satan's agenda? You were doing exactly what he wanted you to do? 
but the light of the gospel opens our eyes to it. Ephesians 2 and 2. Come on, am I reading too much scripture for you today? Ephesians 2 and 2. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are obedient. The scripture calls Satan the ruler of the kingdom of the air. He rules over the world and the people in it. All right, have we established that fact? That man had dominion from God, but he gave it over to Satan because of his disobedience. And so Satan was ruling over the world. And this, ladies and gentlemen, look at me, lean in. You're on the edge of your seat. I want you to hear this. This, I love that you leaned in, baby girl. My wife just leaned in. This is the state that the world was in when Jesus showed up on the scene. Satan was in control. The world was dark and depressed and despondent and wicked and evil. This is what Jesus showed up in the middle of. Look at Luke, in Luke 1. Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Do not be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of the ancestor David. Uh oh, watch verse 33. Sounds a lot like Revelations. And he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never, ever end. This is the prophecy that the angel gives to Mary, but Jesus did not arrive ruling. Listen to me. Those of you that feel like you haven't reached your potential, those of you that feel like there's so much more out there for you, but then you look at your now and you look at your future and it's a long way off, Jesus did not arrive as the ruler that he was prophesied to be. Matter of fact, he arrived anything much less than that. He showed up as a baby. Now, every king is born a baby, but they're not just a baby. They're a prince. They're royalty. They're certainly not born in a stable somewhere. Paul tells us how he arrived. And this is actually one of my favorite readings of the Christmas story, Philippians chapter 2. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. All right, let me stop right here. I've been, I've been preaching for a long, long time. And I can tell you out of the thousands of times that I preach, every once in a while when I'm speaking, I'll feel a little tingling right here. I call it my belly button starts buzzing. I feel this little something, and I know that God's wanting to speak clearly to somebody. I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you, okay? This is, God's wanting some of us to get this revelation right here. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. I've said this before. So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one for whom and through whom all things were made, laid down everything that he owned and came to this. Sometimes I say it like this. He laid down all of that and robed himself in all of this. He leaves one kingdom as a ruler over everything and enters into this kingdom as one that has nothing. Jesus laid down his power and authority. Write that down. He laid down his power and authority. And so when he did, he came into the world under the laws of this world 
And remember who was ruling this world? Now again, folks do not like to think about that, that Jesus came in under the laws and the rule of the enemy. How many of that bothers you a lot? Because we don't want to ever think about our Jesus being anything. When I think of Jesus, I like to think of him as a superhero. We don't like to think about the fact that he came as a baby. He wasn't performing miracles as an infant. He was dependent on Mary and Joseph. He came in under the oppression and the rules and the law of the God of this world. With that filter, I want you to look at this, this, uh, this correspondence between Jesus and Satan during, during when Satan tempts him. Look at this. With that filter, knowing that Satan is ruling the world and Jesus has been living under that for 33 years. Look at this. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all the authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, what Satan was trying to do was to have Jesus take a shortcut. And that is what sin always is. Sin is always a shortcut. You steal because you don't want to work to get the money. You cheat because you don't want to be faithful for the long haul. Am I talking to anybody right now? Sin is always a shortcut, trying to get to something quicker than you're really supposed to. But I want you to understand this. The Bible says that the devil tempted Jesus with what? I just read it. The kingdoms of this world. He tempted him. I can give these. They've been given to me. Adam handed them to me, and I can give them to whoever I want to. Jesus, if you just worship me, I'll give them to you. Listen to this. You don't tempt someone with something they already have. And so this proves to us that Jesus did not yet have rulership of the kingdoms of this world. But he was tempted, but he did not sin. And because of Jesus was obedient to his father's will, unlike Adam and Eve, he lived without sin and he died for our sin. Look what Philippians continues on saying. Therefore, God has also, had also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever and ever. This is why in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Here you have the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of earth. All of them embodied in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you serve him? Aren't you glad he's your king? Come on, Hills family. Aren't you glad that you serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Come on, let's give him some... I want you to look at your neighbor and say, that's our king he's talking about. Those of you at home, come on, say it. That's our king he's talking about. Now say this with me. Our king wins. And because he wins, hashtag we win. Amen. I want to invite those of you that are watching online just to come in, into a moment of, a moment of just consecration right now. 
those of you that are here in this parking lot, and I want to tell you how proud I am of you. There's so many distractions going on. You don't see what all I see up here. There's dogs and there's kids and there's cars honking and there's stuff just going on it's a it's easy to be distracted and we're an ADD generation now and we don't have a big screen to to keep you uh, keep you connected I want to tell you how proud I am as a pastor for you just leaning in each Sunday and worshiping and engaging in worship and and during the message I can tell that you're that you're connected those of you at home thank you for being faithful I keep saying at home wherever you're watching online thank you for being so faithful I want to pray for us today before I pray, before I pray, that don't bow your head yet. Look at me. Before I pray, you were ready, weren't you? You were ready for prayer. Uh, before I pray, I want to talk to a few of you. I felt that little tingle. I believe there's a lot of you that you have some things that you, that you know God wants you to do. There's some big visions and dreams and goals and plans that you have. I want to help you get there. First of all, you need to humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. If Jesus did it, he calls us to do it. How do I humble myself? Humble yourself to your spouse, to your friends, to your, to your employee, your coworkers, your church. Humble yourself and serve. Humble yourself and give. Humble yourself and pray. Humble yourself and fast. Humble yourself and worship. Humble yourself and have Christian fellowship. Does that make sense? Instead of, if anybody could have showed up Jesus could have showed up at 33. Just here I am on a white horse in all of my glory, but he didn't. He taught us how to do it. He became so dependent. And I believe there's a lot of you right now that you're not stepping into all God has for you because you're afraid to be dependent. So that's why God creates the body of Christ. What you can't do, I can do. And what I am not good at, you're great at. Together, we can build the kingdom of God. We can establish His kingdom that's there, here. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every single soul that is in attention right now. Those that are watching online, those that are here with us, I thank you for them. And I, I thank you, God, that you're with us. I thank you, Lord, that this is a message that you want us to get. You're tired of people just filling buildings. You're tired of good sermons and good songs. Lord, you want us to continue building your kingdom. Help us to do that. Help us, Lord. This building behind me, Lord, it, it does not represent a monument to us, to our ministry, to our church, to our giving. God, this is your house, and it's your house 24-7. We want to use it for your glory. And God, I am your house. I'm your temple. Why don't you just say that to him? Lord, I, I'm yours today. Forgive us of our pride. Forgive us when we try to do things on our own. Forgive us, Lord, when we go our own way. Cursed is the, the man who trusts in man, Jeremiah 17. But blessed is the man who trusts in God. We lean on you today. We lean into you. Help us to be the body that you meant for us to be. I pray for those that are battling with darkness and depression and despondency today. Help them to humble themselves, to bow before you and watch you raise them up. 
in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Father, I pray for Pop Marinick right now. I pray that you would heal his body. What a legacy, Lord. Given his life to minister to children. And then now his son and daughter-in-law carry on that same thing. I just pray that you would hear from heaven and heal his body. Raise him up in the mighty name of Jesus. Be with the Marinick family. Strengthen them. I pray for Gwen right now, Lord, that you would help her as she moves through this grieving process. You would be with her family and strengthen them. Come on, how many need a touch from the Lord? Just raise your hand. You need Jesus to do something in your life right now. Keep your hand up. Lord, I don't know these needs, but I know I feel, I feel your Holy Spirit pulling today. Moved with compassion, I pray, God, for every single hand that's raised. And God, heal their mind, touch their body, touch their heart. Bless them financially, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Show them the way out of the situation. Show them the way through the situation. Let them see you in the middle of it. Let them acknowledge you in the middle of it in Jesus' name. And I speak right now against every attack of the enemy by the blood, the word, and the name of Jesus. Satan, you have no authority. You have no right. You have no territory. These are children of God. And we say now, Lord, that they are free and healed and strengthened in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, is this all right? Can we just take a few moments right here? Come on, Kristen. I love when she grabs a mic and comes on stage. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while, but let's just pretend like we're um, the hills for a minute. <laughs> I haven't interrupted a service, but um, it's just been on my heart that there's it's it's not any big revelation, but I know there's just so many people in in this congregation, Christian people that are dealing with anxiety and fear and depression and I want to say to you first of all that that's not don't don't let the enemy beat you up about that no God doesn't want you to live like that but I want to say to you that we all deal with that if we were all honest at some point um, in these last several months we've dealt with some of those things can anybody attest to that okay thank you am I the only one (laughs) no and so I just kind of want to dismantle some of the lies that the enemy is speaking. And I want to say that I'm learning personally to replace those with his truths. And I don't have it down and I'm not perfect. But I know that when I take his word and Linda, when I apply it to the things that I'm trying to get rid of, the thoughts or the patterns or the cycles, whatever it is that you deal with, the loneliness, the addiction, the depression, when you're trying to get rid of that, replace it with something. Replace it with a truth that comes either in his word or what he would say. What would he say? He would always say good things. He would always say he loves you. He would always, he would never, he would never push you away. (laughs) He would always draw closer. So I just felt like I needed to share that with someone that was was maybe in a really, really, desperate place today and for those of you that have been struggling with anxiety depression fear loneliness all of the things and I just want to say that I love you and I'm proud of you but more than that we have a heavenly father that loves you so don't push him away from you Um, and let me just pray for that right now 
and I wanna pray for you at home too. I'm so glad that you're watching today. Lord, I thank you that you're a father of compassion, of great compassion. You were moved with compassion and you are continue to be moved by that on our behalf. I thank you, Lord, that you see us as your children, God, and sometimes you don't always expect us to just have it all together and be perfect. That's why we need a savior. That's what you died for, God, and I thank you that you are the hope in this lost and dark world. I thank you, Lord, that we have a reason to lift our heads and look to the hills, to look to you as the beginning and the end, as the author and the finisher of our faith, as the hope that never dies, that never disappoints. You are closer than a brother. When we whispered the name Jesus, you are right there. You rush to us. In fact, you're there all along. But God, when we open our eyes, and we look to you and we look to the heavens. We see things differently. We see things the way you see things. And I thank you for giving us that. I thank you for giving us a reason to live, a reason to be here, God. I thank you for that. I thank you for giving us promises to stand on that are true. Heaven and earth passes away, but your word never passes away. And I thank you for your word. I pray that you would sanctify us, cleanse us, rid us of the things that you don't like. But God, then replace us with those things with your nature, with your goodness, with your faithfulness, with all of your fruits and all of your gifts that you have just available for all of your children, God. Thank you for those are the perfect gifts at Christmas time. That's really what we need. All we need is you, Jesus, and we worship you in this minute and in this moment. And I thank you for your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus, peace of God reign in this place. In Jesus' name. How many receive that? Amen. Amen. Thank you, baby, for being sensitive. I want to give you an opportunity today, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, I want to give you a chance to make a decision for him. Come on, I love being part of a church where we give, we give folks a chance to obey the gospel every Sunday. So out there in your car, watching online, those of you right here, if you've never said, Jesus, I want you to be my king, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Or for those of you that, that he's, he's, you've been a follower, but he's not really your king. He's not ruling in your life. And you want to rededicate your life to him today. I want to lead you in a prayer. The scripture tells us that if you will believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, that you will be saved. Aren't you thankful for that word? So I want you to pray this prayer after me. Hills family, let's join in, okay? Those of you at home, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Today, I confess that you are my Lord, that you are my king. Come on, pray it out. Today. I humble myself before you. I lay down my pride. I lay down my will. I lay down my agenda. Today, I am yours. And I want all the world to know it, that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and everlasting life with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, take a deep breath and shout amen. Let's clap our hands and honk our horns for these folks that prayed this prayer today. Praise God.